and I was starting to spiral into a headspace where I would felt like I had forgotten how to snatch. And this is where people can go one or two ways. Welcome to the Waiting Game Podcast, a podcast where I attempt to bring more dialogue into the world of Olympic weightlifting and share my experiences and perspectives in the sport and resistance training in general. It was a perspective I wish was more accessible during my earlier years of training, so here is my attempt to bring that value to those who may be seeking it. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Waiting Game Podcast. I'm your one and only host, Brandon Wakeling, and I thought I would talk about the lead up to competitions, I've been talking about setting goals heading into the year, getting out there, competing, engaging with the community, and having fun doing so. But with that fun can also come with anxiety in the lead up to competitions. And with that anxiety, as I know from personal experience, can lead to a lot of overthinking through the microscope you put on every single variable in those crucial weeks leading up to competition. So I thought, why not talk about some of the common themes that I've experienced in this regard, not only for me, but for my training partners at all the top international events that I've competed at, and how most of these things just somewhat come with the territory and don't really need all the anxiety that they do give off, but they are very common. So the first one that I experience at essentially every competition that I do in the week leading up or even previously is simply the weights can feel heavier in your week or weeks leading up to competition. Going back to what was so far my best ever total, I had PB'd my clean and jerk six weeks out from competition and as great as that was, the training for the next two, three weeks after that wasn't quite at that mark and I thought that I'd peaked far too early and I was essentially going to crumble when the competition happened. I didn't hit that peak six weeks out until again on competition day and I thought I had no chance of making it because I thought I'd run my race too early. But having that said, competition day showed up. I hit that exact same cleaner jerk on the platform, if not easier than I did six weeks before that. So all that pressure and that lead up for the weeks prior was essentially for no reason. And as much as you may feel like perhaps you've detrained, you may think if you're tapering for the competition or you just don't have what you had just a couple weeks ago, a lot of that is the anticipation for the event and a lot of it is in your head. And once that competition adrenaline has come upon you, it's a completely different ballgame. The next common theme that I've had going into competition, which is somewhat warranted But a lot of it is due to the fact that I am focusing on thinking I need to have a perfect lead up and competition is niggling injuries. And if I go off just my last competition at the 2022 Commonwealth Games, I had what I considered somewhat of a nightmare last week heading into the competition with little niggling injuries. One of those being was during our training camp, which was held in Spain two weeks beforehand. There was a masseuse there who was hired by the Spanish weightlifting club that we were training at. This masseuse had never worked with weightlifters before. 
it was actually someone who had worked with tennis players at the elite level. And aside from him really struggling to treat the weightlifters as the body type of a concrete block of a weightlifter compared to a tennis player was night and day for him. So these massages were, I would consider, very light and I didn't think was really doing much. But one session I had opted to have my traps, shoulders, essentially my upper body done before a heavy session the next day. And as I said, it wasn't really a tough massage at all. But the next day I woke up and I could not move my neck to the right at all. I could look straight ahead or to the left and I had no idea what had happened. And alongside that, if you watch any of my attempts at the Commonwealth Games, which I do share on my social media quite regularly, for some reason I look to the side when I lift and look at the crowd, and you'll see that I could only turn to one side when doing this. Even though that all the Australian supporters were on the other side, I physically couldn't look that way. And this gave me a bit of anxiety and grief as you could imagine heading into the competition not being able to turn your head to one side made it a little difficult to train for that last week but as I said once the competition started and that adrenaline started flowing it was like the niggle never existed now having that said for those that would think that it would be a serious issue I did have it assessed by the team doctors once in camp and it wasn't something that was going to cause any grief to my neck or spine. It was simply just my neck seizing up. So not to worry, once we're in camp, we have a whole team of doctors and physios and masseuses on deck, so I was seeing someone essentially twice a day leading up to that competition. Now, the next one that I would say causes a lot of concern for people within a bodyweight category, super heavyweights don't necessarily have to think about this all that much, they do to ensure that they're eating enough, but feeling like you're overweight too close to the competition date. Now, this is something that I've learned with experience over time, seeing how my body responds to different types of food, how fast and slow I can lose or hold on to weight as when we travel and hold sodium and water in our body. There's a certain process that it takes to get down to our normal weight. And just the way that I go about losing weight in my earlier years of weightlifting, I would always weigh in not one, but two to three kilos underweight. I would essentially be on weight before the competition, but I would freak out if I was a couple hundred grams over, dehydrate myself, undereat, and essentially compromise my performance to a degree, essentially because I didn't have any experience and I was essentially just stressed about the whole body weight process. Now, for the people out there that do struggle in this regard, yes, it will get better with experience, but as I did in my early years, I've worked with several nutritionists and dietitians in order to find something that works for me and monitor my weight throughout a training cycle. I haven't used one in a couple years now, but I essentially work with the same framework when I'm heading into competition in order to lose the weight. Once I'm seven days out from competition, I will now allow myself to be roughly one and a half kilos over my weight category. It used to be one kilo, but I would find myself weighing two, three hundred grams underweight again. So essentially 1.5 kilos is my sweet spot seven days out. 
And that's just come from experience and going through several different experiences where I had stressed and lost too much weight leading in. Now, the last one that I'll touch on and probably the most common and the one that would bring on the most anxiety for me and other lifters that I do know at all levels. And that is having a bad session or even missing a weight or weights within that last crucial phase before the competition. Now, for me, most of my competitions have gone this way to a degree. For instance, in my last competition at the Commonwealth Games, I missed my last warm-up weight out the back before then opening two minutes later at a heavier attempt. Another one that did stick out to me was before the Olympic Games. Roughly six days out from competition, I could not hit my second attempt in the snatch. I'd just gotten my first attempt, and I couldn't get close to what I was considering to be my second attempt. And I wasn't sure why, and I was starting to spiral into a headspace where I'd felt like I'd forgotten how to snatch. And this is where people can go one or two ways. They can start trying new things so close to competition, or they can take a breath and just go back to what's been working the entire time and not try to overthink things, which has, for me, ended up being the best process in order for me to get the most out of my competition. For instance, at the Commonwealth Games, when I missed my last attempt just before my warm-up, I honestly didn't think all that much about it because it was going to be what was going to be, and I was just going to lift like I had done for the entire training cycle, miss or make. And when I did that, it allowed me to stay within a state that represented my weeks leading up to the competition, and I wasn't trying to do something new that I hadn't thought of for all the weeks prior. I wasn't trying to fluke a lift I was just following the methodology I did and trusted the process prior and just let the outcome be the outcome. If I were to break down my training cycle, in terms of technique leading up to a competition, I'm quite heavy on technical cues for the first portion of the training cycle and just like you would periodize, say, your squats, starting with a higher volume squats to medium to then hitting some two, perhaps some 1RMs before a competition, I do the same with technical cues. I focus on a lot in the early segments and then I begin to go less and less and less focal points until once against the competition day. I essentially just try to be on autopilot. And then once I've competed, I can assess the result based upon this autopilot mode that I was on, see what all those technical cues stuck when I wasn't thinking of anything and what I have to go back to and keep drumming in. So hopefully for the next competition when I'm on autopilot, I've ingrained enough patterning through working in those prior weeks to then get the result that I wanted. Now with these four common stress points, I'll call them, leading into competition, I found more often than not that it's just been unnecessary stress at the end of the day. And as hard as it is, What I've learned works best is just trusting the work and prior process put in and not trying to be fixated or expect a certain outcome to happen after all the work's been put in. If all the work's been put in and I didn't leave any stone unturned, then I just let what happens, happens, and then move on. That's essentially the way that I try to think of competing these days. Now, that was essentially all I wanted to touch on for this episode I decided to launch a free email newsletter service. So I'm calling it the two-minute clock. It's 
I say two minutes, but it can be a little bit longer of a read. And it's essentially just free weightlifting content, whether it's a technical deep dive or something more subtle within the weightlifting process. I try to be active on social media and share as many tips as I can, but I can't always quite go into the detail that I would like. So I thought that I'll create a free newsletter. So whether I'm talking about technique, something more subtle, or essentially just a bit of a look into my personal life as an Olympic athlete, as a coach, as a father. It may even be podcast or Netflix recommendations. It really is open to how my week goes at the time. So if you want more of an in-depth look into my week-to-week and what I essentially find valuable, then I'll leave a link in the description of this podcast. All you have to do is click on it, put your email in, and then every week, you'll start getting an email from myself in which you are free to reply to. I say that if I get too many replies in future, I'll have to say otherwise, but I do enjoy engaging with the weightlifting community. So if you like the newsletter and you have some recommendations or just want to reply and say hello, you're free to do so. So having that said, I hope everyone has a great week of training and I'll see you next week. (music) 